You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Thank you, Church. How are we? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Oh, good, good, good. Who's loving winter? I love winter. Who's loving the windy weather that we've just been having? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. I've been loving that too. I was up in Toowoomba yesterday and like there's that big flagpole and it was just like the Australian flag was just flipping and flapping everywhere and I was like wow it's really windy up here so that was amazing. Anyways as Pastor Brett has just um, mentioned tonight is such a special night tonight in the life of our church as we have water baptisms and this plays such a significant part in the life of a Christian. It's a beautiful moment where we get to stand and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Saviour over our lives and that we're committed for the long haul. So I love it. And so I'm so privileged to be able to speak to you tonight on baptisms. So it's going to be a really simple structure. Tonight I love simple instructions and love simple structures. And so we're going to talk about the physical implications of water baptism. We're going to talk about the spiritual implications because it's we're Christians, so the spiritual sides to everything. And then we're going to finish it off with the physical application and we're going to baptise a couple of people. So that's going to be so exciting. So let's get into it, amen? Well, tonight's overarching scripture is found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Now, those who know your Bible really well, that's the Great Commission. Those who don't and you're just starting out reading the Word, it's called the Great Commission. And that's where Jesus gives a mandate to his disciples and to say, this is how you go build the kingdom of God, now go do it. So I'm really so excited because it applies to us today. And so we're going to read it, I'm going to talk about it, then we're going to pray and get into it. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, given, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach, them, teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you even to the end of age. Wow. That's so powerful. I love it. It's so good. Because here Jesus is not just giving the disciples instructions on how to go build the kingdom, but he's actually giving us Christians in the 21st century the same mandate with the same power and the same authority to go and build the kingdom like the disciples. I love it. The way we build God's kingdom doesn't change, church. There are three main instructions that Jesus gives his disciples and it's found in the scripture. One is he says, go and make disciples. So go tell people about Jesus because how can you make a disciple of something if you don't tell people what it is? So Jesus says, go tell people about me. Then the second one is to baptise people, which we're gonna go do in a short while. And the third one is teach, teach everything that Jesus taught his disciples, but tonight we're going to be focusing on the instruction of baptism. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are so free to worship you. Thank you for giving us your son Jesus to lead us into eternal truth, light and hope. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me speak tonight. I pray that I I will only speak the words you want me to speak. I pray tonight that people will have a fresh revelation of you and the love you have for them. I also pray those, for those who are receiving baptisms that they will receive a fresh spirit 
you will ignite something, a new spark in them. Passion for you, passion for your word and passion for your people. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, the physical physical implications of baptism. Well, the first time we hear baptism, it's in the New Testament. And it's in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 3, 1 to 6. And it says, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching his message. Sorry, became preaching, full stop. (laughs) His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, prepare for Sorry, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. (laughs) Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and people from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see him, to see and hear John, sorry. And when they confessed his sins, he baptised them in the Jordan River. Now, the key phrase that I want to highlight, and I'm going to actually, throughout the whole evening, I'm going to highlight a few key phrases. Um, and so the key phrase in this is verse 6, and it says, when they confess their sins, he baptised them. Church, it is so important to know that baptism plays such a vital role in the transformation journey. So, if it's so vital, what's the physical application? Oh, no, sorry, what's the physical implications? <laughs> And the physical implications of water baptism is the act of being fully immersed in the water to symbolise one's commitment to Jesus Christ. We see this in Matthew 3.16, for it states, after his baptism, now this is talking about Jesus' baptism, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. The takeaway from this verse is that Jesus was fully immersed in water. Following the immersion, the spirit descended upon him. This illustrates that Jesus is now identifying with the spirit and identifying with his father in heaven. I believe when we accept Jesus, so when we say yes to Jesus, when we confess our sins and when we are baptised, we are making a public declaration that we are now putting our faith in Jesus Christ and no longer in worldly things. I love that. It's so powerful. It's saying, you know what, God, I'm going to put you first in everything I do. I'm not going to worry about the what carnally mindsets anymore. I'm not going to worry about the world. I'm actually going to start putting you first. So I love that. It's so powerful. Now, Peter, he puts it perfectly in Acts 2, 38 to 41, for he states that each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away. All, who, all you have been called by the Lord our God. How good is that? That we have such a great promise. I'm just going to stop there for a second. We have such amazing promises that is that when we actually accept God, we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive forgiveness of our sins. And it's not just by like for one person, but it's for everyone. And as God has called everyone to him. I love that. 
So never think, church, that you're too bad or too whatever or you've done too many silly things in life to ever be called by God. No, no, you are called by Him, amen? Okay, verse 40, let's continue. Then Peter continued to preach continue preaching for a long time. <laughs> I love it. He preached for a long time. We can only sit in church for about half an hour. <laughs> He's preaching. Okay, I'm going to finish it up in half an hour. It's okay. I'm going to preach for a long time. <laughs> okay, he's strongly, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. How powerful is that? That is revival right there. If we ever want to do church revival, that's what we do. We preach the word, we baptize people, and people will have that fresh revelation of God, and then they'll be added to the kingdom. Amen? I love that. So good. Okay, so again, the key word. We're looking at key words or key phrases, and I want to highlight this this key this one key word, and it's and it's believed. This is very important to understand, is because baptizing can't baptize baptism can't happen unless we have faith. James puts it very clear that faith without works is dead. For he says in James two nineteen to twenty. I love James because he like actually is very direct and tells you straight. There's no mucking around. He says, you say you have faith for you believe that there is God. Good for you. Even the the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? What we can learn from, from James is that our faith needs to be followed by action. When we say yes to Jesus, when we confess our sins... That's the start. But we continue that journey. We continue on that transformation journey when it comes to baptism. Because we actively, actively, yes, actively outwork our faith publicly. And that's what it's about. So the question I asked before, church, is what is the, what is the, what is the physical implications of water baptism? And the answer is it's a public declaration declaring our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So beautiful. So beautiful. Okay, now we're going to address the spiritual implications. So now that we know what the physical is, the spiritual. I believe that water baptism symbolizes Christians dying to their old way of life and now identifying with their new way of living in Christ Jesus. Paul in Romans 6, 3, 4 states, You have forgotten, oh sorry, it says, have you forgotten, not you have forgotten. (laughs) Have you forgotten that when we are joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we are joined with him in death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Jesus, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live in new life. What Paul is explaining to the church in Rome is that as Jesus died, was buried, and then was resurrected, so are we as new believers when we are baptised. My understanding is this, as we are immersed in the water, this act symbolises the dying of the flesh, just as Jesus died for our flesh and our sin nature, and then we are raised from the water, this When we are raised from the water, 
This again symbolizes when Jesus rose again, bringing new life. Therefore, baptism brings new life. Now, baptism isn't about just, you know, having a little bath in the tub and getting dunked and hopefully you come out clean. No, no, it's about the spiritual cleansing. And that's what we're going to look at next. Because if... Jesus here, he's dying. So when the act of when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he, he was flogged, beaten, died on the cross, went to hell, came back and left all of our sins there. That's the same thing that we're doing because it's not a physical death that we're having, but it's a spiritual death. That brings new life. Titus 3, 3, 7 tells us that once we are too foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to our own lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of envy, evil and envy, and we hated each other. Jesus isn't good. But when the God of our Saviour revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life in the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out his spirit upon us through Christ Jesus, our Saviour, because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and he gave us the confidence that we need to inherit eternal life. How powerful is that? That's amazing. Therefore, once we lived so foolish and disobedient, but when the kindness of God appeared through Jesus, he brought Washing of sorry, he brought washing of rebirth and renewal by the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptism brings spiritual renewal, and with that, new potential and new purpose. I love that. It's beautiful. I love it how it says the kindness of God. See, baptism isn't just a religious tick on the box. Oh, I've been baptized. I'm so spiritual. No, no, it's actually this beautiful renewal of your faith, renewal of your spirit that brings new life. Lastly, in Peter, because I really want to focus more on the physical implication. So lastly, in Peter, 1 1 Peter 3, 20 to 21, this refers to the spiritual implication by representing referencing the disobedience of the people of Noah's time. Now, I've kind of, when researching this and kind of putting this sermon together, I kind of, you know, found a bit of a pattern that was happening. There was people were bad, they were sinful, they repented, they were baptized. So there's a bit of a pattern here. So this whole baptism, it's basically us saying, yeah, no, we do need a saviour. Yeah, no, we do need spiritual cleansing. And I think it's so beautiful because this, refer- this last reference just sums it off perfectly. For it states, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes that now, symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. It's interesting how the Bible is so intimate connected and intertwined because here we have a new meaning of baptism but in the old testament it almost we have baptism in a different way so when the flood came in noah's time the water removed all the evil and impurity on the earth and in today's day and age water baptism acts in the same way verse 21 goes on to state 
that baptism is not the removal of dirt from the body, but it's the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. Again, the key word here is pledge. We pledge our heart clear before the Lord. Other translations say a little bit differently. The New King James Version states that baptism is not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what it's saying is that baptism doesn't cleanse the physical body, like I just said. It's not just, oh yeah, we're having a bit of a scrubby-dub-dub in the bath. It's not about that. It's about cleansing your heart before the Lord so that you may stand before God, now righteous. Amen? I love this. In the New Living Translation, it says baptism is a response to God. A clean conscience. Church, tonight, I wonder if there's anyone here tonight that you may be thinking that you, hang on, sorry, I'm just looking at the time. I just want to be very time conscious and I don't want to rush this moment. I wonder if there's anyone here that wants to respond to God. It's maybe something that I said or maybe something that you've heard a while ago and you think, oh yeah, now it makes sense. It actually clicks. That's the Holy Spirit working in you, amen? Or maybe, or maybe you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord. So in a short while, I'm going to ask if anyone wants to do that, you may raise your hand, raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you. But I also want to make a, make a little announcement that if anyone here hasn't been baptised and something clips clicks for you tonight and you do want to be baptized, you're so welcome to join in. And we have spare towels and spare t-shirts for you and we would be honoured to take part in this step with you. And we want to champion you on. Amen. So, I want to pray. Then we're going to finish it. And then we're going to um, step into our physical application and actually baptise some people. That's exciting, Amen. Okay, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anyone here tonight that would like to dedicate their life to the Lord, please raise your hand so I can pray with you. Amen, amen, amen. Even if you don't feel comfortable raising your hand, our God is so amazing that he sees your heart and he knows what you're thinking. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross so that now I have eternal home. I repent and turn away from my carnal mindset and I'm asking you to help me transform my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love. And today I choose to walk in your grace. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 